Sean is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the five week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 112 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter. And Instagram, if all everything built in Buffalo is giving you every single day, doing it big. Twitter, Facebook, it's a takeover. YouTube, wherever you get your Bills content, make sure you follow Built in Buffalo at Built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what is going on? Beasley, tell me if you're really here. Will you tell us off again at the end of this year? Hey, Matt, what's going on? Little Ariana Grande. Oh, Ariana Grande. He's spoofed. Yeah. Or I can't, I can't wait. Cole Beasley might call or her Ariana Large. We're already starting with the Cole Beasley hot takes. Well, you know, that... I like to see things through his lens, if I can. Through it his helps gap me tooth. to cope. I like to see things through his yeah. gap tooth. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? It's, <laughs> a, it's a it's like a, notable characteristic. It's like notable a couple quality. of curtains. Staring <laughs> like through the curtains. Staring through the curtains. Yes, exactly. We will uh, <laughs> have a lot to say about Cole Beasley when we get into our Bills talk. Tony, something stupendous happened to me this week. I was at my parents' house watching the game with my father, the Bills-Jets game Sunday. And lo and behold, uh, my mom stumbled on some old trinkets of mine. And these old trinkets are the holy grail in my opinion, of NFL memorabilia. The mini helmets you got for like a quarter. Oh, from Tops. <laughs> yes. I have almost the whole collection still intact. Are these the greatest thing you could get for a quarter ever? Like these are the original Pokemon. Like you got to get them all. I would get yeah. so mad. I remember wanting to complete mm-hmm. the collection, say I needed the Buffalo Bills and I already had all the other teams and I'd pull a, I'd pull a Bengals. Or something. I get duplicate bangles. I'd be mm-hmm. so upset and ruin my yes, childhood. Did I can you tell have you this, man. Up? I did, and I can tell you this. It's an emotion that I know well of when you get a duplicate and you don't, don't want or need one. I feel like the tops DNL Plaza location had to have been seventy-five to eighty-five percent Browns helmets because I feel like every effing time I pull the Browns helmet when I'm trying to diversify my collection which was kept on top of my TV, tube TV, that was in my room, which was essentially a TV that existed basically for purposes of Super Nintendo and or PlayStation. But I, I kept them up there. I kept them on top of the TV and I was just pulling Browns all the time. It was always Browns and it was so <laughs> frustrating to just always be having to deal with that. I was like, oh. And then Pullen Brown's a great band that, name, by the way. Pullen Brown's. That's right. It's like a proctologist. So <laughs> the, say, that's like something uttered at a proctology. What? 
Hello, how you been today? Uh, I've been pulling Browns. <laughs> been pulling Browns all day. Tell uh, me about I it. feel like the Browns Tell were the worst it, helmet to pull too, because the sticker, oh, the yeah. side sticker, was just the the color orange. It, it's lame. Mm-hmm. Yep, it sucked. What a collectible but though. Like that that was that was great. Such was our childhood. Yeah, brought some life into the into like the vending. What would you call those? You wouldn't call them vending machines, but like, what would you call the quarter would, right? machines? Would you? Do? I guess they're vending machines, right? I guess you put they do money men. in it and something vends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're vending machines. Yeah, well, really brought some life so. to that section in many groceries, no, in many like, a grocery store. I don't want another yeah. bouncy ball. I don't want another parachute army man. I, I want a collect- collectible NFL. I don't need more brats. <laughs> I don't need more. Was that a thing? Uh, I think so. I, but uh, what I'm saying is I, I didn't subscribe to them, so no, I couldn't answer any did. more questions about it if, if I needed to. Only that they exist. Uh, Tony, that was yeah. what was hot when we were growing up and might be hot again since I rekindled my <laughs> fondness for them recently. Tony, but let's start off this episode by talking about what's hot in the world of sports today with the return of our Hansel Award. Of- <laughs> Of course, listeners, you know Hansel is always just so hot. Never turns it off. He's so Hansel's hot right so now. So hot. So hot right now. Tony, you do the honors. What or who are you giving your Hansel Award to this go-round? My Hansel Award is going to Fantasy Football Spite Amendments. Now, as you know, Matt, this week for many a league started fantasy football playoffs that we are setting our lineups and preparing for. But you know what's also happening is that every fantasy football group chat is heating up with the bitterness of those who just didn't make it into the playoffs, but are finding it to be a systemic issue more so than a talent of their team issue. And that conversation is going into some version of what is this bullshit that I didn't make the playoffs when my team scored more points, had more wins, et cetera, whatever the scenario is. Right. But now that pushes on for spite amendments to ensure that that situation doesn't happen next year in the opinion of one or based on the opinion of one, one player in those leagues. So they are proposing their amendments out of spite, their spite amendments. And right now there's no hotter conversation in the world of sports than those proposals. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot because in our thoughts and prayers, by the way, go out to all those who missed the playoffs due to hmm. a non-scoring Tyreek Hill fumble recovery return, which almost happened to me as well. Luckily, I won by six points instead of lost by six points. But if I lost by six points and I have Tyreek Hill on my team and I didn't get any points for that fumble recovery touchdown on Monday night, I would have been livid absolutely livid so thoughts and prayers out to all the fancy football owners who uh missed out on the playoffs because of that one wild play tony what are your thoughts about fantasy football league punishments i see these a lot on on, online over the past couple years of the person who finishes last place in their fantasy football league has some kind of punishment i think the most famous one the most viral one i saw was a man had to sit in a waffle house for 24 hours and for every waffle he ate he got an hour taken off of his punishment Mm -hmm. what are you feeling about uh fantasy football league punishment you know it's a game of one-upsmanship for creativity 
if you're not going to be creative and original with it, just don't even bother. So like Waffle House is good. I can tell you a friend of a friend once had the punishment of, of that the last place person had to register for and take the SATs. Um, I know that, oh, there was one that I had in the chamber. Did they allow him to take the SATs? I don't know what happened. (laughs) Maybe got his highest score ever. I feel like if I had to take the SATs now, I would would beat my scores in both categories. I would hope so, I feel like I'm the best version. Yeah, I think I'm the best version of myself right now. I think I would do okay. Hot take. Let others (laughs) judge that. Oh, okay. Matt is someone who I've known for 20 years, for over 20 years. You don't agree with that. That says a lot. Very interesting. (laughs) Have to sit on that one for the rest of the night and the rest of the episode now. So great. I don't know your SAT scores. How can I make a fair comparison? Well, you said I'm not the best version of myself. Maybe you are. Maybe you aren't. I don't know. Well, are you saying your SAT scores were low back in the day? (laughs) You're going to leap that bar? I don't know. Why don't you ask my acceptance to... Fredonia State University, dipshit. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm in favor of them if they're creative enough. I don't like if there's what's supposed to be some kind of trophy. And usually it's some just like, you know, immature, misogynistic, or like dumb trophy. Some stupid thing that like, now I have to keep this trophy in my house. Okay, like you have a trophy. I'm not impressed by those. I think it has to be, I think it has to be an act, like a Waffle House or SATs, or who knows what, but yeah. Uh, the more creative, the better, for sure. Tony, you ready for my Hansel Award? I cannot wait to hear about your Hansel Award. I'm going with gifts, giving of gifts as my Hansel Award. Of course, it is that time G-I-F of year. GIFs or GIFTs? GIFTs, gift. So okay. It's that time of year, Tony, of course, the holiday season, where we show the others... In, in our life, how much we love them by how much we spend on them in the giving right. of gifts. In the sports world, there was a lot of gifts being given recently. Most recent gift, Kyler Murray's ACL injury. And his ACL gave him the gift of being able to now sit at home for the whole year and play Call of Duty and level up. So Kyler Murray, thank your ACL injury. More ACL <laughs> injuries this year, by the way. It's a cause for concern. It seems like it. It seems like there's an increase this year based on that we are more directly affected by it this year, I think. Is human Am evolution I... devolving? Are muscles oh, getting well, weaker? Yes, but that's beside the point. <laughs> are muscles getting weaker? Are they becoming more snappier? Are we devolving yeah. as a human human species? I think it's yes on all those fronts. Or is it okay, evolving yeah. more oh, towards... Nobody needs like, ACLs. Well, I guess actually, if I'm going to turn the wittiness off, if our health is increasing... And we're doing less natural hunting, gathering, woodsman stuff. I suppose I would assume that maybe we are devolving into being more healthily sensitive. Are we doing more hunting, we don't need... gathering? No, because we're doing less. So we wouldn't need to okay, be so good. strong and, and durable. I was going to say, are we on the, the Oregon Trail my, here? Am I, gonna, my... am I going to die of dysentery? <laughs> dysentery? Yeah. Am I going to Let... ford the Matt, river? We should be, we should be so lucky. Has to, has to leave this world because of dysentery. Absolutely. Doing what we love. It's better than an ACL injury. And pulling some browns. <laughs> pulling some browns. Uh, other scenarios of gift giving recently. Uh, Floyd Mayweather recently gave five kids at a Los Angeles Clippers games $1,000 each. Oh. Just giving kids money. What a life. What a life where you just hand out thousands of dollars on a whim. <laughs> 
If you were if you, you know, were a ten year old kid think, and you got a thousand dollars on the spot, what would you even do with it? Become a spoiled brat. My thing is like, man, I bet you there's so many adults in that room that are just like, I need it way more than them. This is horseshit. Right. What are they gonna give do? It, give that to I'm, me. I'll put it in it's your thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Which is also that kid, it's a thousand dollars. That means it's four thousand mini plastic quarter helmets from the vendings. That I mean, that's that's an investment, Tony. It's money well spent. That is. That's some you're, smart. You're gonna get all thirty-two economic savvy right there <laughs> for those kids. Maybe you couldn't even get all thirty-two. Maybe it's like this is like a McDonald's monopoly situation. Like you're trying to get all thirty-two, but there's really know. only one or two that exist of the Seahawks. Pepsi fighter jet situation? Do we have here? You can get all the Pepsi points, but you can't get that fighter jet. Right. Wow. Interesting. Why couldn't you? Because they because they reserved what you needed, right? It was mathematically right. impossible. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm Except saying. when actually someone did it and sued Pepsi. Is that what that documentary is about? Yes. Okay. Thanks. For Fantastic. The... All right. Thanks for the spoiler. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> if you watch the trailer alone, it spoils everything. Well, great. I didn't know that until now. Spoiled. Just Sorry. Like those kids. Sorry, I spoiled the trailer for you. Just like those kids. Yes. My favorite mm-hmm. gift giving of the past week was Deion Sanders was named head coach of Colorado. And during his introductory press conference, uh, he just gifted his son the starting quarterback job. <laughs> he just said, here's coaching. your Duke starting quarterback, my son, whatever his name is, Shy Sanders, I think it's something. Anyway, so congratulations, all you other Colorado Buffalo scholarship eligible football players yeah. who play quarterback. You're kind of screwed. So have fun in the transfer portal next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's my what a console award. What a what a what a what a play! It's it's They'll every father be... it's every father's dream, right? Every father who is yeah, like barking at little league referees and umpires because they think their kid's the greatest to to just get a job and gift your kid that prime position, like star of the team. Yeah. Now, how did that all go down? I mean, was he? I don't know. Uh, like, was he already recruited? Like, are you questioning? Was it a deal of they brought him the player to Colorado on the idea that, well, surely we'll be able to get Dion as our coach if we accept him to, to being a member of our school and team. No, I'm pretty sure it was, it was reverse. I'm pretty sure they hired Dion from Jacksonville state and his son also played there and his son just transferred to Colorado with, as Dion got the job. Oh, I think it's just like kind of like okay. a package deal. It just doesn't feel like the timing is working out on that, but I guess whatever, whatever that, yeah, going I guess on. He... he's making Aunt Becky proud. Have mercy. These privileged kids get in with their way in college. Uh, Tony, that's our Hansel Awards. Listeners, we'll put it online on Twitter. Let us know what you think is hot this week in the sports world. There's so many. There's scandals. We could have done scandals. Dan animals. Snyder. Scandals Fe- and animals. FIFA. Scandals and animals. Chris yeah. Paul sleeping with Kim Kardashian. There's so many scandals going on. FIFA. Just in general, scandal yeah. could have done that. So, listeners, let us know what you think is hot this week. Who wins your Hansel Award? When we put it on Twitter, Tony, we got a lot of bills to talk about. Big game against the Jets this Tons. past Sunday. Are you ready to throw it to Marvin and talk some bills? Yeah, I got nothing else going on. So, let's do it. Hey, why not? We're here. You and I are here. We've allotted this time. We might as well do it, right? That, that's what I'm saying. Marv, take it away. 
We'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back, Tony. Before we get into our Jets review, we got some big Bills news to cover because the second stinters have grown again. This week, the Bills signed Dr. Fauci's favorite player in the NFL. <laughs> I was just going to say COVID's Beasley. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Cole Beasley is back with the Bills, signed to the practice squad this week. What do Brittany Griner and Cole Beasley have in common? Maybe they're both Russian government political pawns, but no, actually, they're back where they belong. That's the real answer, Tony. How are you feeling about the Bills signing Cole Beasley, growing the second stinters, getting the band back together? You and I, word, not, not fans in the past of Cole Beasley, so I'm intrigued also, to see what you think right now so not fans in the past of cole beasley but also big fans in the past past of cole in the past's past in the past, past of cole yes. beasley yes i mean i'm i am looking Quickly at the turntable cole turn. beasley autographed yes i'm looking at a cole beasley autographed bill's lunchbox right now in my cabinet Ooh. and it's still there okay devin singletary Respect. also signed it not a big deal mm-hmm. and, he was was there, and cole beasley yeah and cole beasley was was very nice to me uh when that transaction went down in a word though i would say overhyped people are talking about this like it's a big signing or like it's a huge difference maker i have to say i think that i mean what have we seen out of the other second stinters mixed results yeah i yeah very little i would say aj klein is probably the most significant second center i mean of of the mid-season signings otherwise i would say jack lawson and yeah of the of the mid-season signings of the unexpected right. second centers. And I am looking at a Cole Beasley, not even coming from a team. You know, I'm looking at a Cole Beasley coming out of retirement here. I, I don't expect that much out of him. I think he might be, you know, rotational and periodically make contribution, but I'm certainly not putting him on a fantasy team or anything like that. And I, it, so I, I think that it will kind of be like, oh, it's fun now to talk about, but Will he be anything more than what Smoke Brown is to us now? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe not. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I still see our other the other players that have been with us all year to still be the more just like more on it. But overall, I guess I'm not disagreeing with the signing. I think it makes right. sense for the struggles that we've been having. I think it makes sense for the team. I hope he can help. I think he can help. I picture a world where you know I just got done flipping a car downtown in mid February and. Cole Beasley is somehow around in the chaos and I shake the man's hand. I say, Hey, thanks for helping us win the Super Bowl. You can go away now. And that will be the end of it. But a piece of that is my existential theory in there that already I've been saying in that this is, you know, this is the universe bringing the people back to us that deserve or belong on the team for when the magical moment happens. And I would say Cole Beasley is certainly is certainly one of those players that was, has been, and is a big part of things. So I think it's only fair and fine that he joins us for what is to come in the coming months. Destiny, baby. Destiny. Destiny. Exactly. I think it's perfectly said, uh, everything you just said there. And as you stated, it does go with your theory that you've been reiterating all season pretty much of these players are back with the team because it's a destiny thing and a fate thing. And Mm -hmm. they're, they're, the players that have gotten us to this point and eventually to a point of winning a Super Bowl, and they deserve to be part of that. 
celebration as well. So it does feel like the universe is kind of existentially saying something to us in this case. Two things. I do respect Cole Beasley. We haven't respected him in the past for statements made and behavior around the team, I guess. But I do respect him for the way he left Tampa because he threw wild shade at Tom Brady, which I think every Bills fan can appreciate because he said he was retiring to be with his family as Tom Brady unretired to not be with his family. So appreciate Cole Beasley throwing shade there. And I do think in his first press conference back, I thought he was very upfront and handled the questions and was very honest with the media and subsequently then with the fans. I thought he did a very admirable job. So from an on the field perspective, I like it. Like you said, he adds an element to this team, to this offense that they currently do not have where they expected Isaiah McKenzie to fill that role to be that slot receiver, to be that replacement for Cole Beasley has not come to fruition. Isaiah McKenzie, I think, is who he is. He's a fine player who is good at what he does, but asking him to be the guy who kind of understands zone reads and concepts. And I don't think McKenzie gets those aspects. And I think Cole obviously does. He's done it his entire career. And it's something that ever since Jameson Crowder went out, we've been lacking is that pure slot receiver. And I think... In turn, or in tandem with that, I think Josh is missing a safety valve. The offensive line hasn't been great up until this point. I'm looking at you, Spencer Brown, you, Roger Saffold, as two biggest culprits of that. And Josh has been a little scrambly and improvisational, which sometimes that means Josh is at his best because he makes magic happen when there's a bunch of uh, Browns being pulled or whatever (laughs) we said earlier in the episode. But I think having a safety valve in Cole Beasley, a pure slot receiver who he can dump it off to, who he can trust, who will catch the ball because drops have been pretty prevalent lately and an issue lately. I, I think that's a good thing. And yes, his time at Tampa was left little to nothing of, man, this guy can still do it. And people say he's washed. He's old. He, yeah, he's he's old and he's tail end of his career, but he literally has to run like five to 10 yard intermediate routes. I, I think he can, he can still do that pretty well. And he looked pretty sharp in practice this week when he rejoined the team. So I've, I think it's a good signing. It seems to be well received in the locker room, which, you know, is always good. You worry about a guy who left on not so great terms with the fan base, maybe with the executives at one bills drive. It seems to be everybody's on board and, supporting this move reports are he reached out to brandon bean saying hey you looking for a receiver i still got something love to come back Bean reciprocated that and said we'd love to have you he consulted with the team and those are reports so it seems to be well received but i i think i'm i think i'm good with this i think i'm okay as our friend stated i don't need to grab a beer with the guy i just need him to score touchdowns and help us win at the super bowl so Mm -hmm. i think that that's perfectly well said that's how i feel as well. I have to disagree with you. I, there were some things that I saw in the press conference and I'm just like, ugh, I rolled my eyes at. But even then, my reaction is, of course, I know what I'm getting myself into. That's fine. And, sure, yeah, you no, know, just don't I didn't just don't agree with everything. I'm, I'm just saying I, I respect him for addressing it and not kind of, you know, the past is the past kind of mentality. Right. Like, I, I'm just saying that. Is this Rachel Bush's favorite signing other than eventually when her husband gets a gets a new contract i wonder what that is like like it what the group dynamic is is like in there because you think that the two people of poyer and beasley 
we we would be seeing more evidence of them being thick as thieves. Chummy? Yeah, yes, being chummy. That's a great, great terminology for it, yes. But I don't know what's up with these people. This is also probably a classic case of this isn't really their identity. It's just what we know about them. Yeah, from what yeah. we see through through the media's eyes. Um, right. Question for you. Are the Bills playing the make Josh happy card a little too heavily? No, like there's no sign- such thing as too heavily. <laughs> like signing guys that are, as you stated, thick as these with Josh. We see Diggs get an extension. We see Knox get an extension. When John Feliciano was here, he got an extension before he was so bad they had to release him. All mm-hmm. guys who are seemingly Josh's quote-unquote boys getting extensions, getting the recognition from the front office and not saying they're not good players in their own right because they they are, except for John Feliciano. But we saw this with our other Buffalo sports team in the Sabres with the make Jack happy moves, and it didn't really work out when they tried to get all of Jack Eichel's friends on the team just to make him happy. And we don't and we don't see contract extensions for Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver, any defensive players. Obviously, we're talking sides of the ball here, but you know those guys don't seem as as chummy with uh, with Josh Allen as as the others who have received extensions are at least to us. Right. So, are they playing the "Let's make Josh happy" card a little too heavily to you? No, I think it's fine. You think it's fine? I don't know. As long no, as Josh just, is happy, it's fine. They're that's that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Saying, I don't. Want I mean, to they're good to too. It's John not Feliciano like... situation. Okay, right. Josh wants. Josh doesn't like his receiver core. Let's bring back John Brown. Let's bring back Cole Beasley. When you know, maybe there's other better options out there. I was looking at the free agency list, for example, like John Ross, former Bengal Giant, fastest Ooh, guy at the I combine. Like I do too. Yeah. He's out there. I'd rather kind of have him than Smoke Brown at this point. I think so too. I think so too. So. Again, is this front office that's trying to make Josh happy, or is this a front office that's seeing what's best available out there? I think probably a little saying, bit of both. Food for thought. I mean, I also think mid-season there, there's a lot of value to people who've been around already. Sure, they they don't have to, to pick up the centers. system. Yeah, right. So we'll see what happens this week. John Brown, I think, has one more practice squad elevation before they have to make a decision. Cole Beasley obviously has his, I think, four. So. Mm-hmm. Um, once the playoffs hit, according to our friend Sal Capaccio on the radio this week, once the playoffs hit, there's unlimited call-ups from the practice squad. So we'll see if Smoke Brown gets that one more game or if they save it. I don't know. So, But good good signing. Like I said, if Cole Beasley can can be that that guy that he was at his his peak as a Buffalo Bill, I think this is a good signing because it's a, it's a quality, it's a position it's a skill set i think they're lacking currently right now so i'm happy with it are we all good with it tony i have no i'm fine i'm fine with it. in a couple of weeks or maybe even this sunday when he has that saturday. crossing route into the touchdown yeah or saturday yeah when he's a, has that crossing you route into the touchdown, sunday, i'm too. gonna be all forgiven if he's not gonna score what do you a touchdown think the, on sunday what do you think the crowd reaction will be not after he scores a touchdown of course they'd be cheering but when he comes out of the tunnel Oh, I think uh, overall pretty positive. I think I'd hope so. I think I think most of Buffalo likes him. Yeah, I think so too. Or they'll just choose to be silently huffing and puffing or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll be one of them. I don't know. We'll Silent observers. <laughs> I hope you're in a good mood. I don't know. The weather might well, we'll be see. cause for concern. Wait, I put yeah, you in a good mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Tony, we move on from the Cole Beasley signing, the second stinters. You ready to talk some Jets? Oh, yeah. Let's talk Bills Jets Sunday. Of course, listeners, we start all our game reviews the same way every single week with a so bad, it's good review. Tony, are you ready? Yes, of course. He's ready. He's got his notepad, yellow legal pad ready. Here we go. Cue the music. Week 14. We head to the Ralph where it wasn't a green day as the Bills beat the Jets on the Billivard of broken dreams and broken ribs for Mike White. As Matt Delano said, there's something about Barry in a quarterback. Bills Mafia was saying good riddance and wake me up when the first quarter ends as they look for Josh Allen and the offense to stop hitting that snooze button over and over and over again. But leave it to a Jerry Curl juggernaut to answer the call. As it started when CJ Ted Mosbley did a legend, wait for it. And I hope you're not lactose intolerant because the last part of that word is dairy leap over the Bills offensive line for an encroachment that kept the drive alive. And let's finish it with a little ditty. It's raining, it's pouring, Dawson Knox is scoring. Zonovan, a Knight's tail, tried to add to the Jets' ledger with a TD to start the second half, but he couldn't out-joust Sir Tyler of Bass, who, no joker, converted two important field goals to clinch the game. Time for Josh Batmalen and the Bills to stop clowning around. J-E-T-S, lost, lost, lost. Bills moved to 10-3 with a 20-12 win. Tony, that's the review. Loved the How I Met Your Mother references. I knew Loved you How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, really pleased about that. There was something in there that I'm like, oh, he's not going in that direction. We'll switcheroo. Ugh, now I don't remember what it was, but there was something in there. So next week, I might, I might have a uh, How I Met Your Father reference. Oh, I hope so. I know you're a big fan of the show. Under, I mean, I'm a fan of the show. Am I a big fan of the show? That's, well, remains to be seen. I think it's pretty good. To be deterred. Yeah. Too, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Just and makes, uh... went to that Chipotle, so that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Tony, the Bills win 20 to 12. Another win, but another, I'd say, ugly win for their fourth straight here. Yeah. Despite the score, were the Bills the better team on Sunday? Hmm. Loaded question. Thinking your pause means no. I think, well, how do you measure the better team? I, yeah, I do. I, I do. I think no. I, because I think. If I was to go to a little loop game or something, and I was just to look at the group of individuals that make up each team, I would look at a lot uh, of that based on sort of fundamentals. And I think I would walk away from looking at the Bills kind of indifferently, you know, looking at the Bills like without bias, I mean. And I'd be like, you know, Mm -hmm. that team kind of sucked. They can't tackle shit. So, (laughs) yeah, I I do. I kind of think that maybe the Jets had it together more than we did. Which you hate to Bills, see and you hate to say. Bills have not looked great for a good month, five weeks here. Just looking at the team stats in this game, just running down the list, the Jets had more first downs. They were better on third down. The Bills were two for 13 on third down, which is abysmal. The Jets eight for 17. More total plays, 73 to 54. Total yards, the Bills only had 232 total yards which for this beast of an offense is unheard of this season. Even at their worst, that's unheard of. Time of possession, Jets dominate time of possession, 34 minutes to 26 minutes. Nothing about this game other than the turnovers, Jets 2, Bills 0, and that maybe that's the difference, and that's why the Bills won. But nothing about this game 
tells me the Bills are the better team. No. Let's uh Jordan Klepper fingers the pulse here. Let's get Tony's pulse. <laughs> Tony, what's your pulse on the Bills after this past month where they haven't looked great, where they've been through on the field turmoil with injuries to Von Miller and many others, off the field turmoil with snowstorms and schedule changes and three straight away games essentially. What's your pulse? Final four games of the season. How are you feeling about this team right now? Kind of low, kind of cautious, a lot more cautious than than I ever thought I would be. Getting to that point in the season where we're usually just cruising, right? You know, hitting our stride is are the best version of ourselves. If this is the best version of ourselves, we are in trouble. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, okay, the same way that Josh said to Jerry Sullivan, because that's kind of how I feel about it. I think that there's a lot of issues to iron out that I'm sure we're going to iron out in the rest of this record. But there's a lot going on here. You set it up like there's a list of excuses that we can go to about like the snowstorm and everything. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying those excuses. That's we got to get our shit together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we do. I guess like half of me looks at it like they haven't played great for almost a good two months now. I mean, the Chiefs game was really the last really good game they played, I feel like. So the last what? Seven games? They've gone five and two despite not playing good for seven straight games. Right. Not having a complete game for seven straight games. I think there's aspects that of the team that have played good week in and week out. The Vikings game, the offense, I thought played really good. Defense let them down. There's been times where the defense has played really good. So such as the Patriots game last week and the offense has let them down. So they haven't put together a full team performance in quite a while. It doesn't feel like they've had that, oh shit, we need to get our stuff together moment. Like two years ago, it was the the Hale Murray, DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone. Mm. Uh, last year, it was it felt like the Jacksonville game. It feels like they haven't had that moment yet. I think the closest equivalent this season was the Jets game, and it feels too early to have that moment in week, what is it, or whatever it happened to be, the first time we played the Jets. And See, we I think the moment like, was the Vikings game. The Justin Jefferson catch? Yeah, I was kind of thinking about the end zone touchdown. And that's the the week after the first. That's a week after the first Jets game. Is that still too early to have that moment? Mm. I feel like we need it in the last six weeks. Okay, well, we need it in the last six weeks. What is is the biggest concern of this team for you going into the last four games here? Is it how the offense fundamentals, like tackling? Yeah. How they can't get off the field on third down? Uh Uh-huh. And Sean McDermott has the same assessment, and he's right. Like, there were a ton of broken tackles. We could not tackle that running back for our lives. It was kind of embarrassing. Corey Davis was breaking tackles all the time. It was just insane. And so was Garrett Wilson, for that matter. It was just insane, I thought, how much we were letting up and how soft we looked. And then on the other side of it, on the offensive side of it, these balls are just dropping off hands. Fundamentals of catching. Get on the jugs machine, people. Remember hot hands from Little Giants with the stickum? How, get how that could stuff. I forget? Yeah, get that stuff and load it up. Like hot hands did. Yeah, I don't want them looking at their hands. It's like, come on, fellas, help me. <laughs> like, yeah. get the stickum, catch some balls out there. It's just such an anomaly of a game where the Bills put up 232 total offensive yards. Let's just start with the offense. I mean, we have some new pieces, some new old pieces i should like clarify some old new pieces how would you phrase that 
Some new old pieces or old new pieces? I think some new, well, <laughs> so I don't think it'd be old new pieces. New, some but new they're old in age, so it could fit. It could fit both that's, ways. I think. That's why I don't like it, though, because I don't think that's what <laughs> we're trying to say. I just don't know what this offensive identity is. In the Patriots game two weeks ago, I thought we hit a kind of a pivot point of, okay, this is what our offense is going to be. Josh is going to take what is given to him. We're going to utilize James Cook more. And this past Mm -hmm. week against the Jets, weather aside, because the weather was bad and it was causing a lot of issues. And again, any given Sunday, as Sean McDermott always says, it's tough to win games in the NFL, which I'm not crazy about that phrase. But, you know, in certain circumstances when the variables such as weather are unpredictable and out of your control, I think, yeah, just go out there and find a way to win, which they have been doing. So props to them for that glass half full approach there. But I don't know what the identity of this team is. It wasn't Stefan Diggs this past week. It wasn't James Cook. It wasn't Josh. It wasn't any kind of run game. I mean, Josh ran the ball. He's our leading rusher again. We're in, we're back into that territory. It just seems like they abandoned the run too early. Isaiah McKenzie face of the franchise for having a couple nice games in the prior weeks falls back. And again, it's, Josh only completed 18 passes, so you can't really fill up the stat sheet when your offense isn't clicking like that. But a couple drops from McKenzie that led to drive stoppages. They're utilizing Dawson Knox a little bit more. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It feels like Ken Dorsey's learning on the go. <laughs> that, that I guess that's what it comes down to to me. He's kind of figuring it out as he goes. And he's been fortunate enough this season to have his first season as an offensive coordinator to have a core set of players that have camaraderie continuity and on top of that are super talented to kind of mask his faults in play calling and schematically huh. and any like that's what it kind of feels like to me and as teams adjust to what the bills are doing and they start to run like two high safeties and force Josh to do things that maybe he doesn't want to do or throw in the middle of the field, which they don't seem to be doing much of this year. Like Ken Dorsey doesn't have a counter punch to that because he's so vanilla. He's so new. It just seems like we're seeing an offense going through some growing pains. And these are growing pains. You want to see like mid season, not hmm. in the home stretch here. That's my opinion. Yeah. I agree with every aspect of that opinion. It's way too late to play these games of Dorsey trying to figure it out. And I do feel as though Dorsey Dorsey is trying to put a square peg in a round hole because the square peg is the only one that he kind of has. And maybe this is just me on sort of just always waiting for a certain, not assessment, but prediction, I guess, that I saw in the early season of us mm-hmm. of based on our signings and how in the mirroring of Dorsey's Miami U team to this team. And I'm like, well, Dorsey if he's trying to do that and if that's kind of like what he feels a successful offense is the problem with that is that he was the worst player on the offense in the time. (laughs) Like, and he was managing it. So is he not understanding that Josh is the best player on the offense and that it's supposed to not be a game manager, just getting like the talented players, the football, but you don't have Willis McGay. You don't have Kellen Woods. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that the inverse of that, that it shouldn't be, this because I mean that's what we see also in the yak yard focus of the offense and how the offense is designed and I think that that is what he wants to be the identity but I wish he would be more 
I guess, open-minded to this idea that like, uh, it doesn't have to be that we all miss the days. And the reason that a lot of people are blaming Dorsey more and more week after week is that, you know, we miss the old days of just seeing, seeing Josh just fire bullets all over the field. And we are just like longing for that of the old days. And this was the game where I miss Dorsey the most in that I miss the aggression and I miss the Josh focus, the Josh centric style of the offense. You mean you miss Dable the most? Yeah, that's what I mean. Is that not what I said? No, you said Dorsey. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I don't. Like he's still here. (laughs) So, yeah. So what I'm saying is I hated so many of the play calls and it felt to me like the play calls were that Dorsey was not playing to win. He was playing not to lose in a lot of the play calls because we just could never successfully go for the jugular. And a lot of that has to do with drops. A lot of it has to do with the lack of fundamentals. A lot of it has to do with what we're dealing with. But I'm looking for us to turn on the juice here and be a lot more high powered than, than what I'm seeing. My patience is wearing thin is kind of that because I, I, I long for the old days. The vending machine helmets of the Bills offense, if you will. Exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, it's perfectly stated, though. I mean, every time it's an old trope, it's a cliche trope of they're not playing to win, they're playing not to lose. But this game, it seemed very evident that that was the case. You look at the final three drives of this game for the Bills. Third last drive, three plays, one yard gained safety on a block punt. Second last drive, three plays, negative five yards, punt. Yeah, the fuck? Final drive, three plays, five yards, punt. Like, what are we doing here? This is one of the highest scoring offenses in the league and has been for years now. The same players that have been around for years now. There should not be three consecutive drives at any point in the game that don't even produce a first down, let alone positive yardage on some on some instances. Yeah, it just seemed like they were playing scared. They were playing scared of the Jets, Mm -hmm. which. I never thought I'd say, I never hoped to say, but it just seemed like they wanted to get out of there and hopefully the football gods would would be on their side. And luckily it worked out for them this week. But if they play that way moving forward, they they might not be so lucky. Uh, They've won a lot of one-score games, close games recently that they haven't played great in. And I think that's, that's the flip side of this is you're just waiting for them to turn it on. They haven't played great. Despite that, they keep winning. So when it does click and you have a feeling based on sample size that, mm-hmm. okay, it's going to click for them eventually. We've had four years of Josh in this offense, these core players in this offense. We've seen too big of a sample size to know this three three and outs, negative yards on a drive. That's not the bills we know, and it's not the norm. So we're just I'm just waiting for it to click. And when it does, it's going to be awesome. It clicked in the beginning of the year. And like I said, I think teams adjusted and Dorsey didn't know how to counterpunch. And this is what we're kind of left with is we're just going to out talent these guys. Like we have better talent right. than these other teams. And we're just going to put our heads down and try to run through a wall with our talent and win a game with our talent. And it's not going to it's not going to work. And and they're in a very good position. Obviously, they're 99 percent chance to make the playoffs at this point with four games left. If they win this week against the Dolphins, they clinch a playoff spot. But really, the goal at the beginning of the season was the one seed. That's all we talked about. That's what was hyped. And to do that, they kind of need to win out still. They hold the tiebreaker over 
Kansas City. Kansas City has a extremely easy schedule. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are playing fantastic football right now and are playing the Bills in a couple of weeks, which is going to be a huge game. Like, I don't think this Bills team can beat the current Bengals. Opinion. I don't think so. Um, so. I don't think so. So they need they need to figure it out and they need to figure out fast. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. This offense seems to be missing something. You talk about fundamentals on defense, missing tackles, can't get off the field in third down, but whatever. Also, fundamentals on offense of going back to simplicity, going back to high efficiency plays, high success rate plays, short slants, crossing routes. They throw a lot outside the hashes, outside the numbers, like sideline stuff. And yes, it's sometimes it's Josh scrambling and guys improvising and we get backyard football in some instances that just happen to end up on the sideline because that's where Josh rolls out to It's naturally the the play moves that way but between the snap and the the five-step drop three-step drop whatever give josh some easy outs and hopefully this is the cole beasley aspect here this is where cole comes in is he can do a quick five yard up and out a, a quick slant give josh some some gimme throws some easy plays i just think they're lacking in that right now now everything seems to be a struggle it does seem to be a struggle yeah that's a good way you're right about that now, do you think there's still, what kind of limitations do we think there still is with the injury? That's the only kind of quan that I could think of or worry about is like, well, maybe we just don't know. Maybe we don't know what we don't know because of this elbow. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. We never I, I can't even properly guesstimate that because it feels like, yes, there's less designed runs, but mm-hmm. when he does take off and scramble, Josh is still doing the same Josh things he always does. <laughs> like he's not yep. sliding, he's putting his shoulder down, his elbow is getting hit, and he seems fine by it. Well, I was watching a game, I forget what team, and I forget what player, but the guy hurt his wrist. I think it was the Cardinals game. The Cardinals game? Uh, anyway, the guy hurt his wrist and he stayed in the game, tried to do a stiff arm, and afterwards he's wincing and clearly in pain if josh's elbow was really hurt and not to say that it isn't because i think it is to oh, a degree, here we go but here's a conspiracy theory here's a conspiracy theory well we do best tony like i think he if he was playing the way he does which he is i think he would be like wincing in pain or like showing some signs of this is an issue when i get hit <laughs> i don't know but that's just me well we saw him wince at the end of the uh oh, what game was it where he like threw that bullet to Stefan Diggs. Diggs for a touchdown? No, well, not for a touchdown, but to set up Tyler Bass. Was it the Detroit game? Oh, yes. I thought you meant the one where he threw the touchdown and he like did a like a 360. Like he put all his power into a no, a but that too. That too. I mean, <laughs> right. So that's what I'm kind of looking at. I'm like, he was wincing after that. I mean, I know there was a different time that was before the mini buy, but. Until he's just doing it routinely and just play after play, I don't know that I'm going to fully believe that he's that he's back to being himself in terms of Josh that we saw in the Kansas City game of last year, of last divisional round playoffs. That's the Josh with the cannon that I'm with the fully functioning elbow that I'm right. missing that I'm looking for, you know? Yeah, I would like to see that too. Maybe it just clicks. Maybe they just turn it on. One month in the season left, four games. Maybe they just go balls to the wall and then they look like they did <laughs> in Kansas City last year. I don't know. I'm just waiting for that team to emerge somehow. Um, Me too. That balls to the wall attitude that you speak of, like that's what I'm waiting to see, not only out of this team, I'm waiting to see that mostly out of Dorsey. 
right of the aggression of playing to win of so many things that i'm i just haven't seen in his in his style and in his philosophy yet right all we hear about is how psycho this guy is and other than breaking yeah. tablets i want to see it in the game plan me too i don't want to see it by breaking tablets i want to see it on the field show me a psychotic yeah i want to see josh break tablets yeah, because he's so pumped up. Show me a psychotic offense. I like to see what that looks like. Just like five me guys too. in motion on a play. <laughs> like just me too. Now we went to five guys this summer, so oh. we're set up for it. Good segue mm-hmm. into what into a five guys sponsorship. That exactly yes. Please sponsor us, five guys. Oh, that'd be amazing. It's okay there. Oh it's pretty God. good. Yeah, five guys is fine. Yeah, it's all right. Just imagine what what the, what the defense would think if if five guys were in motion at once. Is that even? I don't know if that's legal. I assume it's legal, right? Um, is it? I guess. I think maybe. No. I don't know. Let's go backyard football with it. Like, give me some, give me some Pablo Sanchez, some backyard football. With Pablo Sanchez. The old game, backyard football, backyard sports games. The video game player Pablo Sanchez. He was like the best player. He was like the equivalent of Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile. <laughs> like he he could not be stopped. Oh, okay. You remember those yeah, games? give me some of that sweet action. No, I've yeah. never even heard of this, I feel like. Oh, well, you missed out. Too busy collecting. I guess so. Vending machine football. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, a couple other notes about the offense before we move on to the defense. Dawson Knox scored a great touchdown, and that, that's what I mean by simple routes. Get these guys in those situations. Dawson Knox, he's athletic. Get him on mismatches. That play, in a nutshell, is is what I expected on a consistent basis from Dawson Knox this year. And again, we talk about Ken Dorsey's maybe shortcomings. Please use Dawson Knox more in that way. Like use his athleticism to your advantage, <laughs> not as a blocking in line tight end, but get him out in the open field, get him in space, have him use his physical ability to make magic happen as it did on Sunday against the Jets. I put on Twitter the day before, like Dawson Knox is going to have one game this year where it's like, oh, that's the Dawson Knox we expected this year. And we didn't get it full-fledged on Sunday, but we got it in that one play. I want to see more of that, Dawson Knox. He looked good in that play. I saw a lot of heart in that play. Watching the replay of being there, it it was as though like there was an Angels in the outfield situation in the sense that it looked <laughs> like he was going to just be just short of the goal line, and then all of a sudden his body moved seemingly in midair right to land over the goal line. I have no reason to believe it was not an Angels in the outfield situation. That's what it looked it was like. The go- it was the ghost of Ralph pushing him over the goal. Oh, my gosh. If there's an Angels in the outfield situation and the Angels was Ralph, I would be blown away. There's no way he has angelic powers in his afterlife experience. Who would be the Angel in the outfield Bill's version? Let's, let's think of this. Hmm. Ken Hall? I don't know. Was he a good dude? I don't really know anything dude? about Ken Hall the man. Uh-huh. He's uh, like a good dude. I don't know. Paul Tagliabue? No. Bill Polian? Oh, no, he's still alive. Barely. Yeah. Paul Tagliabue? Was he a good guy? I, I don't know. Were any Bills... I feel like it would make sense guys? that... Have any Bills players from the past died? Yeah, is there any dead Bills? This is a good... This is a good topic. James Hardy? Jack Kemp? James Hardy? Is James... Oh, James Hardy. Too soon. There you go. James Hardy is is our, our only our only example here so james hardy thanks for pushing dawson knox across the goal yes um, the angel of james hardy but tony was that kind of like a watching that moment being like 
oh, that's what Dawson Knox can do. And that's how we should use him moving forward for you. I didn't really have that frustration in the moment. I do think that we're sitting on Dawson Knox and not utilizing him enough. And I think basically anytime he does anything, because I'm so desperate for some Dawson Knox in my life, I think anytime he does anything, I'm like, yeah, but show me more of that. Show me more of what Dawson Knox can do. Because every time he gets the ball, it's either because of something athletic or he does something athletic with it. And that's what I'm waiting for. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm here for. Make it happen. So, Ken. yeah, get your shit together, Ken Dorsey. Tony, I don't know it's about the offense before we move on to the defense. I'm really sick of flat routes, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That's about it. It's the only thing I've written down on Dorsey's situation. Not on the offense, but I got to tell you, really good flyover. Best flyover of the year so far. Whoa. Four helicopters Brilliant. going low. Really enjoyed- In that weather? Yeah, wow, really enjoyed that. I know. Well, yeah, we thought they were going to take down the wire that the camera was on. It's not exactly the offense, but it's, you know, it's America's offense. So I am now, yes, let's, I'm ready for the defense. Let's go. Before I move on to the defense, the only other note I had about the offense was there's been too many times this year that I've seen Roger Saffold at the end of a play standing up like he blocked no one. That's another one we can add to like the preseason disappointment list. Like we thought Isaiah McKenzie would be a huge part of this offense. We thought Gabe Davis would be a suitable wide receiver too. Not Roger Saffold. He's been okay. He's been a disappointment. So maybe a disappointment in overhyping of Aaron Cromer in the offseason. I think that's fair to say the Cromer situation. Yeah. This this offensive line has been a, a bit of a disappointment. So let me ask you this. On draft day, how early do you want to see offensive line go? Oh, interesting. Well, not round two because we've had pretty bad <laughs> history with drafting offensive linemen in round two. Saris Quajo, Cody Ford. Mm-hmm. So round three, either round three or round five. And those are oh. the only two options okay. because we're so good at drafting in round five. We are excellent round five drafters. Yes. Like, I don't know what I want to see in the first round of next year's draft. I'm not even like thinking about that right now. I guess it depends on what the situations are. There's so many outlying variables out there that we just don't have answers to. Like, yeah. Are they going to sign Tremaine? Are they going to sign Poyer? What's Micah Hyde's situation? Is his career over? Is he going to come back and be just as good? Like, I don't know. There's so many questions out there that make it hard to say, oh, I want them to go this way in the draft early. Mm-hmm. Is Odell Beckham going to sign here? Who knows? I don't think so, but no. I don't think so. There's nothing that what if? screams Buffalo less than Odell Beckham. Yeah, I know. That's very true. That would be like Which T.O. Is why I think coming. he won't sign here. Right. Yeah. Right. T.O. comes. There's also a reality show about it. Yeah, and none of exactly. it makes sense. <laughs> no. And we have a second key to the city to give out. Right. And Byron Brown's still the mayor. Somehow <laughs> all these years. Later. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's wild. That Byron I, Brown. Yeah, you're right. That's a long, that's a long. Would, yeah, he was the mayor of the T.O. show. I know. Wow. Crazy. Tony, just like Byron Brown, let's get on the defensive. Let's talk about the defense. Good showing, holding the, the Jets to only 12 points, uh, two of those being a blocked punt. Again, the standout has to be Matt Milano. I think we've talked enough about him. He's been all pro caliber this year and mm. continues to play at such a high level. Uh, the story for me, though, is guys stepping up in place of Von Miller. Gregory Rousseau, AJ Epinesa had a very nice game. I, I even saw like some some boogie flashes. And we got to talk about maybe the prime second stinter. Shaq Lawson's having a moment right now. 
Tough Tough moment. Moment. Yes. A big moment, I feel like. I'll give you that. I'll give him a moment. Cannot believe that he's becoming maybe the primary second center of the two. Whereas we all would have said, no, Jordan Phillips is the star. Shaq Lawson is a death piece. Right. I just but, feel like you I don't know. know. Shaq Lawson Shaq, really Shaq's up. giving you the sound bites. Shaq's giving you the, the video, the viral videos. Today he was dancing at practice with a winter coat on while he was practicing. I thought it was, mm. it was quite comical. After the Jets game, he was yapping about like, how the, how the Jets are still paying him or something like uh-huh. $3 million for him to beat them. So I feel like Shaq's having, having a moment and he's playing well on top of it on the field. I mean, we talked about these guys, second centers coming back to revitalize their career, continue a career, whatever. Shaq Lawson is the prime example of that. Cause I mean, he bounced around to three different teams before he rejoined the bills. And hmm. He's been, I think, one of the more important players, and especially since Vaughn's gone and is out for the year. Like he might be maybe one of the more important players, hopefully in a deep playoff run for the Bills here. Well, I mean, I hope it doesn't come to that in the sense that we need Shaq Lawson to be an important player. But if he's going to be, I'll take it because I'll take an AD for playoff run. But yeah, he's been he's been stepping up and it's been kind of fun to watch. It's weird. I have Shaq Lawson amnesia. In the sense that it's like he's working hard to make me to make myself reminded that he's on the team because he could get like the most amazing sack. And then I will within 20 seconds again, forget that he's on the team (laughs) until he makes his next amazing play. And I've seen 90 and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Shaq Lawson is is a piece to this. Yeah. How could you forget? He's just as charismatic as as the first stinters as the first. Yeah, I guess you're right. He certainly is. He's in his element. He's the best version of himself. He's back where he belongs. He's never felt so strong. He's feeling like there's nothing that he can't try. Yeah, I've been really impressed with him. He's he's doing everything we expected Shaq Lawson to do. Be great at diagnosing plays. Be good at setting an edge. Be good in the run game. And he's also getting sacks now on top of it. So, yeah, he's been a very, very pleasant surprise for a guy who started the season as the fifth defensive end on this team mm-hmm. i think he's elevated himself to like two so <laughs> good for him aj Epinesa, i thought had a nice game too and that's a guy who with von miller's injury i'm looking at to prove to me why he was a second round pick in some mock drafts that year had him as a first round pick now is the time yes you lost a year because of whatever however you want to phrase it body reconstruction losing weight mm-hmm adding a speed element to your game or a power element, if you will, which was what he had in college. So we can give him a grace period for the adjustment. But, you know, now's the time to start owning up here. You have the talent, supposedly. That's why you were a high draft pick. Like, now's the time to step up. With Vaughn's injury, I'm looking at him more. And he did step up this game, closing the game with a uh, deflected pass. He had at least one sack. I think he had two on Sunday. His dad's name is still Epinesa Epinesa, which always <laughs> gets high grades in my book. So AJ Epinesa is a guy that I'm looking to really take the next step here, really prove his worth, if you will. I don't know. Like, how close to his ceiling do you think we are? That's a good question. I don't know if we're close. Do you think we're close? Okay. I mean, really, I don't know. I mean, really, I guess it's the measurement of how much faith do you have in what he can be and who he is, or are we just seeing who he is? I look to our opponents Saturday night, the Dolphins, and I look at a guy like yeah, I look at a guy like Jalen Phillips, who talents are kind of the same. There's both taller guys, not crazy speed edge rusher like bendy guys, but 
more technique based. Like, mm-hmm. and Jalen Phillips, I think, is a lot better right now than AJ Epinesa is, but that's the level I want Epinesa to reach. So I don't know if we've seen him even come close to his ceiling yet. I'd like to see it this year and get closer to that. I do think we've seen Boogie Basham's ceiling, and I think it's a low ceiling. I think it's a very low ceiling. Ooh. Ooh. Brutal. I know, I know that okay. gut punches you, but I, I just it does. call it as I calls it as I sees it. Okay. The you know, ceiling I think is uber high is Gregory Rousseau's. Yeah. That guy has a chance to be special talent. Not only does yeah. he have technique, if he, he's adding a speed game now under the tutelage of Vaughn this season, adding some pass rushing moves to his arsenal, but nobody else in the league has that kind of length that he does. No. If he's not disrupting the play by collapsing the pocket, getting pressure on the quarterback, like he can disrupt the play by just cutting off passing lanes with that incredible length. So I think his ceiling is incredibly high and he's played well when he hasn't been injured this year. Yeah. Are you like me? Are you just waiting for him to like palm it when he blocks it? What? Vomit? Palm palm it. P-A-L-M space bar <laughs> I-T, yeah. I was like, is he so excited that he vomits? I mean, it no, does I, seem like I a soft wait, nice I'm game, waiting but... for that. Yeah, I, me too. I kind of picture I it think... like J.J. Watt and E.J. Manuel. Like, I remember when E.J. Manuel just, like, threw it at J.J. Watt from, like, two feet away, and J.J. Watt just caught it and pick six it. I, I kind of, like, picture Gregory Rousseau just doing something like that one day. Mm-hmm. He almost did it in the Chiefs game last year, but... Well, that's when I want him to do it, is in the... Yeah impending Chiefs game this year. Right. Knock on wood. Hopefully we don't have to yeah. play the Chiefs this year. That'd be nice. Well, yeah, well, hopefully we make it that far anyway. Is what we're trying yeah, to say. True. With the defensive ends, I, I think we have to give props, and we don't usually do this because we are a Buffalo-based podcast, but I think we have to give props to the opposing quarterback. Mike White, for maybe the skill set that guy lacks, that dude is a warrior because he got jacked up for like a better phrase that entire game in terrible weather. Mm-hmm. And he was right back out there. Had to come out for concussion protocol, broken ribs, whatever. He was right back out there the next play or the, the next play he could possibly go back in. And he just battled. So props to Mike White. Like I'm putting myself in the in the shoes of Mike White. I'm a fifth round pick. I'm a typically a third string quarterback. This is mm-hmm. my chance. And if you are going to take away that chance, I'm going to be dead. Like, you know, that's the only way you're taking away. this. It's <laughs> like, if I'm, I'm still standing, if I still have an arm attached to me to throw the ball, if I'm still breathing in any capacity. I'm going to be out there and I am going to take advantage of this opportunity because it might be my only one. Yeah. So the only way. If it, again, putting myself in Mike White's shoes, the only way I'm getting off that field is if I'm dead. I think that's really his mentality. I mean, it might be because what else could motivate a man to literally put his body like that's the most put your body on the line maybe anyone's ever seen. <laughs> you know, I mean, he really just let himself get ripped up and then went back for more. It was like he was being hazed. It was insane. So yes, I do have to give respect or respect is due. He was just a warrior, as you said. That's a great word yeah. to describe what we saw out of Mike White. Matt Milano literally broke him in half. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The cleanest hit I've ever seen in my life. So, 
Props to Mike White. Tony, we have a special musical performance right now. Well, it's about damn time. From a little group called Rockapella. They're going to sing their famous theme song because, Tony, this is our new segment. Kyrie Elam. Where is Kyrie Elam, Tony? He goes from Nashville to Norway, down there to Zimbabwe. <laughs> Can I tell you a fun fact about this song? Please do. Okay, so as you know, my old roommate was the um, video editor and did a lot of creative work and stuff for the Rochester Americans. And one time over summer, to which I have summers off, one time over summer, he texts me in the morning and says, I need a parody of where in the world is Carmen Sandiego to be about the Americans moose. And I spent all morning coming up with what was the greatest parody I've ever written in my life. And it was the full song. It was so good. And I recorded it and sent it to him and it was as though it was going to be used. And then they never ended up doing the segment, but in the history book, in the Rochester Americans history books is this song where in the world is the Americans moose very Rochester theme song of all the locations and man did it wow. flow man it was they, that song slapped they really dropped the ball they did they how dropped can they the not use that I, didn't, I haven't even yeah. heard it and i i know it it's probably really good because yeah, any parody really of good. rockapella is a parody worth listening to it's a parody yes now to answer your with the question world. matt yeah to answer your question yeah i think Kyrie elam's getting a raw deal what do you think the deal is you don't know i really I didn't think he was no, like that it, bad it, it, it's uh, no i don't either i thought he was actually good and I thought he was getting better yeah. as the weeks went on. He was understanding yeah. playing in a zone better and when he can press and his recovery speed is a million times better than Dane Jackson's. Dane Jackson continues to get picked on week after week. And I like Dane Jackson. Like this is not a Dane Jackson hate rant because I think he's a very serviceable player. But mm. you drafted a guy in the first round. You got to put him in. <laughs> like you can't yeah. have. Dane Jackson keep getting picked on week after week. And it's evident. They're not even trying to hide it. No. And they're finding and, success. And for Leslie Frazier to be out there and be like, yeah, we thought Dane was playing good or whatever. So we stuck with it. What? What are you watching that I'm not? There's got to be something more going on with the Kyrie Loom situation that they're not telling us. You think? I I wonder if it's like a matchup. Like, if like do they... Bringing Kyrie Elam only for the more uber athletic wide receivers like the Tyreek Hills because Garrett, Garrett Wilson's Kyrie really Elam good. So is like, yeah, I guess you're right. Garrett Wilson is like that. You're right. You're right. And like, I have no explanation. And these are games. Like, I think. I think. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> they hate him. It's over. Bust of a pick. And I feel like these are games like you want your first round rookie to get reps in. He should be full go come playoffs. And it should be him and Trey White running the show at the cornerback Yeah, positions. that's what we all... Yeah, that's what we all envisioned. That's what we all expected mm-hmm. upon Trey White's return. And the Jets have a, have a decent offense. I, I wouldn't say it's good by any means. I wouldn't say it's the league worst by any means. Good wide receivers, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, are, are good wide receivers. But the Patriots two weeks ago, Mac Jones, that set of receivers, mm-hmm. that's the game I want Kyrie Elam in because... That's the game he should be getting reps and experience in. Those receivers aren't beating him. He's a good enough player where Kendrick Bourne isn't doing anything or Nelson Aguilar is not doing anything against him. 
I don't know what's going on. So where in the world is Kyrie? Because <laughs> even on the sidelines, I want to at least see him on the sidelines to know like he's still part of this team because I don't see him. I know. There. Well, he got a special teams rep, I guess. Or so they say. Supposedly. Yeah. So they say. Yeah. Make him a his paycheck. His game check. I don't know. It's a concern. It's a very, very big concern. Yeah. You would think your your first round pick this late in the season would be a, a stalwart in your starting roster, starting lineup. So or your active roster. I, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine at this point. I I wish I had one. Me too. The only other note I had was good lord, this team cannot get out the field on third day. Third no. and longs, especially. I'm of the sound mind that if a team has third and two against the Bills, just take the false start. Just make it third and seven. Maybe take two false starts. Mm-hmm. Make it third and 12. You're better off because this team cannot stop a third and long. Someone make a play. We're choke artists. Do you think that's what it is? Do you think we just have a tendency of choking? Are we the new Jets? Are we the new Jets. Like I said, with the offense, it just seems everything's a struggle. Mm-hmm. I just don't get how they can make two consecutive plays and then just S the B on the third down. Yeah, but they do it every time. It's it's really amazing. It's really amazing. It's I don't crazy. know what the solution is. I don't know what the solution is. Just executing fundamentals. Tony, you know? tell me. Find the answers for me. Oh. I'll, I'll give you well, one. I wrote all Here my... we go. Okay. This one goes out to Bill's Mafia to, to do your part. Every third and long the opposition has, streaker on the field. Distract him. Throw him off mentally. Nice. Every third and long, one of, you, one of you Bills Mafia, run out on the field, distract the opposing offense, throw them off their game. It's like Michael Scott switching the meeting at the last minute to throw them off their game. Just change it up. Hmm. So that, that That's my first solution. Streaker on the field every third down. Okay. I have a similar one, kind of. Doesn't involve a streaker. Probably not similar at all. I would say what you want to do is send someone out, you know, send like a cornerback out of bounds, kind of like tripping, fumbling, have them accidentally trip over the chain. And then the chain has to reset. And you hope that they reset it in a more favorable position. They're lost. It's all confusion. You know, just create chaos. I like like that. The ultimate solution, of course, Tony, is nix the train whistle. Oh, geez. Don't tell me this. Oh, okay. (laughs) The the train whistle. Obviously, it's. Obviously, it's not working. I'm like, I've heard enough about the final solution. Like, this is not. (laughs) No, the final solution is Bane from Batman causes an earthquake in the stadium. (laughs) Get rid of it. I guess guess that is a final solution. Yes. Well, you can't Uh, hear it anyway. The sound system is getting exponentially worse by the game. And it is admittedly, admittedly by the Bills. It is the worst sound system in the league. It was, I couldn't hear a thing on Sunday. It, it truly, like, I could not. It was the only time that I've ever been to a Bills game, and I'm, like, consciously wondering, like, where is the train whistle? And I think it was getting played. It's just not even, like, the echo and everything and everything that was surrounding the weather. Everything was just the perfect storm of you couldn't hear a darn thing that was coming out of the sound system, including the train whistle. I only heard it a few times. And I would say, if anything, that's maybe that's why we saw we saw. Maybe they didn't even know it was third down because of the – difficulty in hearing the train whistle i just feel like we need to switch it up oh yeah the train we do whistle doesn't, we know that we do. doesn't get doesn't get me pumped i can't imagine mm-hmm. it gets the players pumped what if it's just silence what if it's just like an eerie silence <laughs> like almost like the covid year when no fans were in the stands i think that would if i was an opposing offense and it was just silent that would kind of freak me out yeah interesting reverse psychology yes 
we got to switch it up. Do something yeah. a little out of the box. I like this. I like an outside of the box idea. Or, or when the ball is, or when the ball is snapped, everyone claps at the same time. Just a single loud clap. Oh, just like once. Just once. Mm. When the ball snapped. Okay. I was thinking. I thought you meant like instead of just the cheering and the loud noises on third down, everyone just does it like in syncopation. Everyone is on yeah, the same. Same. Yeah. Yes, they got switched up. Tony, any other notes about the D or are you ready to wrap this episode up? No, the only other thing that I'm talking about is it it cannot be overstated how insanely good Milano has been playing. Insanely good. Yeah, like he's got to be the most important situation. But that's that's about it. Like, that's really what it boils down to. I mean, that's where we're at. In Jordan Poyer. Like, Jordan Poyer's earning a new contract. The difference between him playing and him not being on the field is night and day for this team. Oh, yeah. Yes, the yes, the options behind him are not great, but he makes a huge difference. So I, I think oh. that's the other notable thing. It is. Those two players are carrying it. Just as we are ready to carry this thing across the finish line. Here we go, Matt. <laughs> oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the show. Thank you to our sponsor, of course, Traveling Growler. www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. 11 days, 12 days now before the holidays, Christmas, if you celebrate it. Traveling Growler koozie, great stocking stuffer. $5, awesome designs. www.travelinggrowler.com. Check it out. Also check out the Way Not Funny apparel store, t-shirt store, whatever you want to call it. T-E-E-Spring.com. Search Way Not Funny. All one word. All the cool designs. Get one for your loved ones. Be the talk of your next Bill's Watch Party. There's a game on Christmas Eve. Nothing better than watching a game on Christmas Eve wearing some Way Not Funny clothing. Support the podcast. T-E-E-Spring.com. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast, as always, on the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're finding podcasts are listened to for free. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Search Built-In Buffalo. If you like us, leave us a review. Subscribe. Show us some love. Show all the shows on Built-In Buffalo love as well. Great content every single day at Built-In Buffalo underscore. Tony, Twitter handles. Where can the listeners find you? Uh, it's at, which is the A in a circle. Yeah, and then Tony Ambrose, all uh, one word. Not a, not a complete a, circle, though. No, it is not a complete circle. Which it's not is close. Which I think is font. I think it's font dependent. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's do more research anyway, into that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's at Tony Ambrose. And speaking of fonts, the A is currently a Christmas tree for the season. Oh, how festive of you! Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very seasonal. I like it. Uh, you can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716. No Christmas trees in that handle. Give us a follow. We'll follow right back. We love connecting with the Buffalo sports community out there. Twitter, Instagram at Woody Sports 716. Facebook page, Way Not Funny Sports. Give us a follow there as well. Tony, send off for the listeners. Take us home. Uh, well, you know, after right after this Miami game, you know what's on deck. Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah to our listeners that celebrate because it's coming up. I thought you were going to say the uh, the re-debut of Party Down. <laughs> nope, that's February 24th. We all know that. <laughs> yes, uh, happy holidays to all Witty Nation out there. Uh, as I always say, stay witty out there, everyone. Go Bills. Thanks for listening. Peace.
Bye. Bye. Later. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.